Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alrighty, tonight we find ourselves in Saline, Michigan for this week's episode of Pipe It Up. Going to be a good one. We got Jack on the call, of course, and sitting across from me is uh, none other than Drew Crash Davis. So, should Hello. be a good one. There he is. And uh, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. All right, Drew tossed his phone. I think we're good to go. How you feeling, Drew? I'm good. I'm good. I like the vibe in this room right now is interesting. We got some bright lights on. It's a little hazy because the door is closed. There's a candle burning. It's very, it's a very interesting incense, vibe we've got baby. going on. Some incense? Uh, isn't a candle considered an incense? It, it probably is. Incense? Are you, you, you forgot about the authentic picture of Abraham Lincoln I have in the corner. I haven't taken it all in yet, Drew. I just got here about five minutes ago, so I'm still, <laughs> I'm still reading the room. Are you a candle guy? I just became a candle guy about two months ago. Yeah, I'm a candle guy. My aunt bought me a candle, and I tried it for the first time. I've got a really bad sniffer, mm-hmm. so I don't smell real well. So can I? I honestly don't even really smell the candle, but I like the light that it brings. Oh, okay. So I like the smell. Yeah, I don't smell it really at all. <laughs> I actually well, really enjoy going to the store and like shopping for candles. Oh, me too. I'll, I'll buy one I can smell the smell there. If like if I put it up to my nose, I can smell it. Sometimes it's like sensory it. overload though. Like you smell so many, it's like hard to differentiate between which candle you're smelling yeah. now, and like you forget which one you liked at first, and then you smell it again. You're like, I don't know, is this the one? Oh, I, I don't could. know. I don't know if I'm the same way, like, or if you guys are the same way, but I almost feel like there's something oddly satisfying about, like, s- smelling a, a candle that doesn't smell good, if that makes sense. Like, you're kind of like, like, you smell and you're like, oh, and then you smell a different one right next to it and it's so good and it just oh, makes it smell, true. like, when way you, better. You know what I mean? When you find the one, like, when you're looking and you're smelling a couple and you're like, eh, no, nah, that's not yeah. doing it, not doing it. And then you, like, smell and you're like, oh, that's it. That is that's, a great feeling. I, yeah. when I was a that's kid, we yeah. went to, like, a, like, it was, like, a... I don't want to. I don't want to continue with the how I was going to say that because I don't know if it's correct or not. <laughs> oh, but we were at this place where they like built all their own stuff, and it was like a one-person schoolhouse and things like that. And so they uh, they built like bee wax candles, and they smelled mm, atrocious. Nice. Oh, they smelled bad. It smelled exactly like earwax. Ew! It was terrible. Does earwax smell like. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, know if I'm familiar I don't with think that it smell. smells good. I don't think it smells earwax good at all. does not smell good at all. I mean, I can't imagine it smelling good, but I I can't necessarily say that I know for sure what earwax smells like. But we're off. It doesn't taste good either. Oh, I've never tasted it. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> ends there. Okay, <laughs> Drew, let's talk. Let's talk about you, Drew. Okay. Um, you and the Cobes are sitting at five and four after that two-one series win over the Wildcats. How are we feeling? General thoughts. Uh, I was I was actually talking to someone earlier today. I stated that I think this is our most balanced team ever. In all aspects of the game, in terms of mentality, like we've got me, Andy, or and Sawyer, who are kind of the energy bringers, and then you got Baron and Flynn, who kind of you know hold things down mm-hmm. um, with their level-headedness, and then you've got uh, you know for hitting, um, kind of all three of our. We've got a lot of different hitters, a lot of depth, and Is that a, a voice lot of crack. Them, I just heard it might have been. Oh my gosh! For once, it wasn't me. It might have been another one. Bites the dust. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we've got a lot of depth hitting wise, and then pitching wise, it's been nice for me to kind of not have to. I was I, this is another thing I was saying to someone uh, this weekend. I was like, I don't really have to stress about when I used to pitch. I was on the mound, I'd give up a run, and then I'd go hit, and I was like, oh, I now have to get this run back mm-hmm. with my hitting. So I was putting like double pressure on myself. I was like, not only do I have to limit the run, the amount of runs I got to do, now I got to make up for it. But now it's just I just focus on. I'm banging really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I do agree with you. Like, I think this is your most like balanced team ever. And uh, I forget who I was having this conversation with, whether it was you, Jack. I don't think it was on the podcast. I don't think it was on the internet. I think it was just a casual conversation at the Meadows over the weekend. But I think like in the past, other teams benefited. This is nothing personal against you, Drew. I'm just stating, mm. just calling it how I see it. I feel like people benefited off the ability to try to rattle you, right? And yeah. Most of the time that occurred while you were pitching and then it could translate into your hitting. But because you're not throwing right now, that part of the game right now for the Cobras is kind of off the table, which is resulting in more mm-hmm. consistent play. Do you agree, Jack? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like um I I like a lot of the things that Drew said I had written down in my notes after watching the video. I feel like um you especially at the plate, just the pressure's been taken off you and it allows like you are such a energy guy that um, you want that energy to be positive for your team around you. And when, when you're pitching and struggling at times, it's tough to give off positive energy, right? Like you don't want to be the bummer on the team. Yeah. So with you being such an energetic guy, not having that pressure on you, not, you know, allowing that side of the Cobras to, you know, show itself against other teams that might target that weakness. You know, that's, it's a huge plus for you guys. I think it's made a, a, a massive difference. Yeah, I also think like a part of it is as well is like when I was pitching, I was always <laughs> involved more thinking. I, I, mean, uh, like I was always true. overthinking in my head, like uh, like deciding what pitch I was going to throw, like how to best pitch to this person instead of just like trusting my own pitches and, and just throwing them. Um, and my aunt always says, if you're thinking, you're hurting your team. So just kind of hitting and not having to like, think about it as much and just kind of being more uh, more of a reactionary position than pitching is. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of nice just to, you know, just to hit. Yeah. And it's, it's made a huge difference, obviously how, how well Baron has, has played this season. He continues to impress. I still think that, um, you know, when I played him, obviously when we played you guys, he was very impressive. I think that unanimously Dallas Allen is probably the head honcho pitcher in the league, but I would put Baron pretty close second, honestly, from, from just statistics and what's been going on so far this season. Um, have you like given him any tips at all or um, are you kind of just let him do his thing? Cause I know you obviously have some pitching expertise and some experience. So I was kind of wondering like what that relationship is with you guys. Cause he has made a really um, big jump. Yeah. I think I've, I think last year I gave him some tips on pitching, but I think this year I've given him more, I haven't really given him a lot. A lot of it's just been him. But if I really give him anything, it's more just situational stuff. Like he has come up to me a couple times, like in the middle of games and said, like, what, what do you think I should throw here? And I just told him what I wish someone would have told me instead of trying to figure out, you know, how to how to be so strategic about it. I just said, whatever's feeling confident for you, like just throw the pitch that you're confident in. Don't try and don't try and do it to what the hitter can't hit and stuff like that. Throw your best pitch. Don't throw the hitter's worst pitch to hit. So, um, and I just told him to mix up speeds. I think that's one thing that he's done really well this year is 
he knows when to use the speed limit and he also knows when to one thing i've noticed is like he does a much better job than a lot of other pitchers at like throwing pitches that are like 60 miles an hour mm-hmm. and then throwing the same pitch 70 like two mm-hmm. pitches later like even though it's the same pitch it's a 10 mile per hour difference and the hitter just he doesn't realize it at the time it's a big just, difference in that 38 feet oh, yeah, yeah exactly so he's done a really good job of that but yeah, I haven't really. Get, I mean, obviously, we go over game plans and like what certain. I I've been in the league longer, so I know what certain hitters can't hit and stuff like that. So, um, I've told him be, be, before games, you know, this hitter struggles with this, or this hitter struggles with this part of the zone. So attack that part of the zone. But that's really what it's been. It's just attacking hitters. Like I told him, I'm like, don't don't try and pitch around anybody. I'd rather have a one a solo homer than a walk, and then that's the next the get hit in a two right run there. homer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, that's the conversation I always have with my guys too. Is just you can recover from those solo homers, and it, it's not as much of a dagger as when you're walking guys and you're just trying to throw a strike, and then someone goes yard. It's the worst. Yeah, I but, think the other thing that we've done a really good job of too. I'm sure Tom's noticed it, oh but boy. when Andy and I are in the outfield, or any of us are in the outfield, I think like, uh, and I don't, I don't know when this is coming out, but there was a time at one point Barrett was pitching when I was not out there, and things were kind of intense, and I think. I think me and Andy being out there, kind of, we just casually talk about things while he's pitching um, in between pitches. And I think it kind of just like is a calming atmosphere for him because it's not like the intensity of, of an MLW game. It's just us, like it's a backyard game. We're talking about, we're talking with Cratch while he's in center field. Mm-hmm. We're talking about random stuff. And I think that kind of creates like a, just a, a very calm environment for him to, to pitch and, and pitch his best, his best self. He's been lights out. I feel like he's just like exactly what you needed this year. Yeah, just he's that, been awesome. Just that easygoing, like tough to rattle guy who's like locked down always, always solid. Um, but like looking back at last year and what he did in this league, which was his rookie season, number one overall pick. Um, like, did, did you see this coming? Were you surprised by him this year so far? Like, I wasn't like super surprised. I mean, he's obviously like definitely exceeded a lot of people's expectations, but I never really had that many doubts that he was going to to not become this type of prolific pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, even like going into the year, I was like telling Andy, I'm like, I think Brendan's going to be really good. I mean, he just needed a year to, to adapt. Um, I think like yeah. the speed was a big problem for him last year because something people like a lot of people don't understand is like, if you're not used to, to dialing yourself back, it's kind of hard to keep that control. Like everyone always says, Oh, just don't throw as hard and you'll be more able to control stuff. But if you're used to throwing as hard as you can, as soon as you try and dial it back, it messes with your control a lot. Mm-hmm. So I knew kind of like once he figured it out, and he's like that. He's a dedicated whiffler. Like he, he definitely is. is. That's the big. Thing he's a whiffler for sure. And so he's playing multi league, yeah, across the country right now. It's crazy. And I didn't realize like how dirty some of his pitches were until like I, I think this year it's definitely been amplified. But some of just like his basic pitches, like I was talking with some of the other teams because I've never hit against him, and they were saying like his sliders just. It's unlike other people's sliders and how it moves. And yeah, I'm trying to think back to when we played you guys series, excuse me, series one of the year. Um, I definitely didn't see Baron well. I know I saw Bean better just because Bean didn't have that diverse of an arsenal yet. I mean, he's, yeah. he's still working on it. He's also a rookie, so it's different. But I Sawyer's will say definitely that, a student of the game. He's always texting me like, as soon as the game is over, what can I do better? How do how do I fix this? What can I do for this? I good. That's what you need. I, I like the direction the Cobras is heading in right now. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I think he. Uh, you know, we've we talked about how good Baron has been, and in terms of lifting pressure off you, Drew, but Sawyer too. Like he's stepped in there, and he's made it so you haven't really had to pitch at all. He's given you guys a solid second arm. I know he didn't get the win this you know previous series against the Wildcats, but it was a close game. 
he held his own against a, a really you know star-studded lineup. So I yeah. think that's another huge plus for you guys going forward, having some young guys that you can count on to be some to you know be an arm in the league. That's huge for the Cobras. I know, and honestly, I've I've been more surprised with his bat. Like I knew going in, he he was like a good hitter in his other league, but uh, I I also knew like the pitching in his other league was not at the level that MLW pitching is. So I was kind of weary of how his hitting was going to look. And I told him after the Wildcats series, I go, you, "You're in the like you earned your spot in the lineup now. Like for for the time going forward, you you have a spot in the lineup every single game, no, mm-hmm. no matter if you're pitching, if you're playing the field, or you're DHing." I go, you earned it with your like. Even I think sometimes it hasn't shown because he has gotten his average isn't super super high, but he doesn't strike out a lot. He's always making contact. I think against the Wildcats, he had three ground outs, hard ground outs to the pitcher, mm-hmm. um, and so like he's making contact with the ball, which is underrated because you get a guy on base. I mean, that's a that could be a run, that could be moving the person over to scoring position. So uh, contact is huge in this league. It yeah, is for those, sure. Those ground balls will add up. I mean, eventually those will all fall. You just got to put balls in play, really, at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. I mean, that's what decided the game in game three was the, the, you know, the ground balls in front of the mound. That's like probably the biggest surprise to me. Not surprise, I should say, but like that was the standout moment for me in that series because Baranowski's been pitching well, but the defense was incredible. Yeah. In that third inning. He's nimble, man. Two crazy plays. He Ky- is Kyle nimble. And I, the way that like, because I was, of course, hyping the moment and I was like, excited for that series to come out on youtube because i wanted to re- relive that last oh game. yeah because like those are the moments in football that you kind of live for because like yes there's a lot of strikeouts a lot of walks the home runs but like those tough plays pressure on the line game on the line you make those tough yeah. plays yeah that's like the most exciting stuff to me that was one of the most intense series i think it was that was the most intense series i played in this year for sure because i mean they were just getting the ball in play Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of times with Baron pitching this year, like me and Andy just kind of standing out there, like, expecting, especially against the Magic, like nothing on on that, Ooh, but just like fired. how how, how the, I think Baron threw two no hitters, and so did, yeah. and so like we yeah. Andy, Andy and I were just kind of out there like like doing nothing, but against the Magic, they got like six hits the first game. Like Andy and I were constantly mm-hmm. in a state of the ball is going to be hit to us, we have to make a play, and mm-hmm. so. It was just all. It was so intense, and they were very close games. No, but yeah, Baron, his defensive play to get the first out in the third inning was it crazy. Was, it was a ball that he batted down, corralled, stepped on the bag to get the force out at third base. That that was like one of my favorite clips that Kyle has ever edited. I don't know why, but it was just very clean. Though I told him this was my yeah. favorite series of the year, just in terms of like a regular, quote unquote, regular like normal series at the Meadows, regular season, nothing special going on, no Toledo series, no opening day, none of that. This was like my favorite video because, of course, it helps that the games are very intense. But there was a couple clips, such as the one where Baron made that play, where it was like really, really well edited, in my opinion. Like the transition was good. He like did Ken Burns, which is called like when you move the like when you're zoomed in and you move mm-hmm. the frame around. He did that. Like he added the sound effects to like the snapshots of Baron knocking it down and stepping on the bag. Like it was such a sweet sequence. It was so intense. And also, I just give him props to Daniel too because. You know, Daniel's only on the alternate camera, cam two, as we call it, um, which kind of gives the other shots that you guys see throughout the video besides the GoPro on the fence and under the strike zone. Like the rest of those moving camera shots are all done with one camera. And when I'm behind camera one, the main cam doing commentary, Daniel's on cam two. And something about the way that Daniel had cam two set up, like in the MLB style shot, like the over the shoulder of the pitcher, it looked Mm. money, that whole series. Like I was like screenshotting clips of where he was standing and trying to replicate that moving forward. But that was just a really well done series. Great series played, great series edited and produced. Like everything about it was 
awesome. Like that's the product I want MLW to always be right there. I got a question for you, Tom. Mm-hmm. I, I, obviously, like, it doesn't matter anymore. It's in the past. Oh boy. But that play at home. Do uh-huh. you have any different feelings after seeing it all kind of play out on the uh, like on the editing and like the YouTube, or do you still are you still firm in your call? I mean, I mean, I was it was to, so close. To be honest, like I was never really like firm on the call. Like it was such a like tough bang, thing. Bang, like play, I knew yeah. I didn't. You, there was a reason I said the call stand. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I like I couldn't I heard really that, see anything. Yeah. And you guys, like the 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 shot that was shown many times in the replay was coming from that GoPro. Yeah, and you guys, I, yeah, I can't see that in person. That's why I was wondering. The easiest thing, the easiest thing to review in person is actually, believe it or not, shots from an iPhone. Because if you guys mm-hmm. right now, if you whip out your phone and take a quick video and then play it back, you'll be able to see. You can easily drag your finger along yeah. the bottom and like move it frame by frame. Whereas like in a nice Canon camera, it's a little bit more difficult to see that so smooth. In a GoPro, it's a window that's the size of my thumbprint. Like it's so <laughs> difficult to do. So. Based on what I had there, there was there was nothing I could do to change that. Call. Oh, obviously, yeah. But like I said, the reason it was funny that Kyle also left in the clip of me complaining, like, guys, don't start yelling because I can't yeah. even make a call because <laughs> I I literally couldn't even say safe or out because before the play was even over, it was eleven voices screaming at me. It's like, Boy, you guys gotta chill for a second. That's a, that's like shows though. Like you guys are talking about how intense it was. If you couldn't tell no, from I the know, video, like that that just describes the intensity. Like everyone just immediately has their own opinion on safe or out, and Tom's got to make a call. I thought that was so, hilarious. Clip. I guess to answer the question, the best the best I could, Drew. I think um, had I have like would have said like, oh, he's out on the field. I I couldn't have yeah. changed it to safe. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I said he was safe at first, I couldn't really change it out either. So no, I got you. I, I just I was wondering. Did, did, did you see evidence that he was out? Because I really still it kind of looked like the ball might have got him while he was sliding in. But I I can't see, dude. It's so difficult. Yeah. Um. I mean. I thought he was out like on the play just because I was kind of like up close and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But again, he's diving, he's going so fast, like you can never see like when the hand actually touches the plate mm-hmm. or whatnot, or when the ball actually because it was under him. Like you don't that know when it all the touches the stomach the or when it make. touches the Is, shirt. Yeah, the, the ball or the player, the ball is thrown, and the player dives. That's the hardest one to make because you can't see when the contact. That's why I advised made. Andy too at, at like after I go, I go and. If that ever happens again, just throw it at the back of the screen. Don't mm-hmm. try and peg him. Just throw it at the screen because that's mm-hmm. so much easier to know if he's out. So much yeah. easier to call. So like, just throw it at the screen next time. Honestly, I don't know why Kyle went. Like, I think Andy was kind of taken aback by him going because I mean, the ball was right there. And yeah, yeah. Andy yeah. was like, "What?" Well, that was like a, that's like one of those Alec Ward type plays, which yeah. I think Kyle does kind of like use those Ward moments in his head and tries to replicate that on the field because. Another that was a bang bang play at third. I, I, know. I do think from the video that he was safe. There, he was safe at third. And I could kind of confirm that from the cannon shot that we had that I could see his foot was on the back. I never thought he was out of third to be honest. But it was tough. Pearson did hit a home run the next play, so like mm-hmm. it wasn't the the thing that determined the game. But at the time, it was like that was a big call, and I realized that. But you move on quickly, and I kind of forgot mm-hmm. that that happened until I saw the video. It was What'd pretty you think, tight. Did you see anything? I, I it was pretty tight. I will say. From the YouTube video and not being there, I probably like if I had that YouTube video already published like that, I probably would have called them out. But like live, I couldn't. I don't even know That's what fair. I would say. I'd probably. I don't know what I would say. But I agree with you. If you 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 wouldn't be able to overturn it one way or the other. Whichever way you called with it, you had to stick mm-hmm. with it because you couldn't really tell when it got under him whether or not it hit him at when and when it hit him. So. It, it, it's just too tough of a call. It's kind of just you know, it's bang, it's that's just the way it is. It's to, to my surprise, unfortunate, but that, that that's that's hey, part that, of sports. You know, ball. exactly. It really, officiating is. is part is part of sports, and sometimes calls go your way that shouldn't, and vice versa. So that's just the way way it is. 
I know. I, I, Robo Umps. <laughs> Robo Umps. No, I, <laughs> I think um, like yeah. Of course, you always want to. You always want to get the call right when you can, right? You you never want to have the tools in place to get the call right and you can't. So that's why when you when people like us us cons- as consumers of pro sports, when we watch the NFL, when we watch the MLB, whatever it may be, and like there's we're seeing the replays and you see a blown call. Obviously, as fans, you get mad, mm-hmm. right? So like I said, like for us, like an iPhone is the best thing we have there. We don't have these high definition slow motion replays to look at while we're in a controlled booth without people yeah. looking over our shoulder and everything like that. I but remember I, I went up I behind say, you and you were like, you're like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take control of the situation. Um, but I will say I got like two different personal, like um, to my personal account messages, like DMs, like, how could you blow that call? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Are you serious? Like, I didn't think it was that bad. It was bang, bang. But oh, you can't, can't please everybody. The, there's been way worse calls blown in uh, in many in games that have much more much, much higher, higher implications. Yeah, much higher stakes than than this series did. Even though it I means had, a lot. I had my first season umpiring last year for middle school softball, and it wasn't even like high level travel softball. It was like sixth grade, eighth grade, middle school softball. And I don't know if you guys know this, but sometimes I don't really catch sarcasm that well. Oh, boy. So I'm behind the plate, and, like, I've never seen a ball do it a soft. Like, I'm used to a baseball where it kind of, it comes on a downward plate all the time, mm-hmm. pretty much kind of straight. Oh, and God. you got these softballs looping in, and the girls are sixth grade, so they can barely throw it. So uh-huh. you've got the, the Yoshi Ephus pitch mm-hmm. dropping in. <laughs> I'm trying to call... Call balls and strikes. Where it costs and the after the game, the first game, because it was always double headers, I hear someone go, "Hey, Blue, did you lose home plate?" And I literally turned around to him, and I, I didn't like catch that it. it was sarcasm somehow. And I literally looked oh, at him, no. I go, "No, it's right here. I just dusted it off." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and he said something else, and I, I was just like, after he said the second thing, I was like, "Oh, it was uh, sarcasm. That's 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 rough, buddy." I, I wish I would have umped. I kind of do and I kind of don't because I, I I could I think it would have been stressful sort of like was it annoying getting getting heckled and stuff by parents? Uh, that was like yeah. really the only time I got heckled. I mean there were occasional times where I called a striker ball and they're like oh come on I'm I mean, like all it takes is one parent to just I know ruin your and I wanted though. to turn around and be like hey it's your team's losing fourteen to zero <laughs> scoreboard <laughs> uh, your team's losing fourteen to zero so my strike zone's gonna get a little bigger because your girl hasn't swung the bat yeah. in three at bats she's just stood there. Oh, that'd be so it, one is, girl I felt so bad for because she literally didn't swing the bat like the entire season I co- I umpired them. I mean, it was like seven games. You're you're talking like four or five, six at bats a game. Never once I see her swing the bat. Oh. She would just step out. She was afraid, and I felt so bad for this girl. I was like, this girl does not want to be here. She does not want to be playing this game. Refing is refing is so difficult. I had a job refing Selker basketball. For oh, like gosh. for like third graders maybe or something. Jack, folks, folks, Selker and stands for Southeastern Livingston County Association. So, I don't know. So, uh, Rec- I recreational don't even know. Southeastern Livingston County Recreational Association. Is that it? Something like that. It's, it's, about a, right. it's, it's it's our area's rec sports. Or it was. Yeah. I think it's actually gone now, but it was. It might be gone. But if so, RIP, great organization. But yeah, anyway. Great times. Um so I, I have to ref these basketball games and um I, I must have been up a little bit too late the night before and I uh, was running a little bit late and it was it was like karma just in a nutshell because it's like I roll up like 15 minutes late and 
the guy like my boss i guess was like you know kind of just like jump in there like yeah. go for it and Jeez. immediately these parents are just like out of control and i'm like <laughs> you know i'm like barely even woken up at this point because i basically just like woke up and like rushed right there and it's just like annoying too because it's like the kids are the kids are double dribbling all over the place you like like you want me to call travels we're gonna be here till next year trying to finish this game so like i got parents like complaining about that and then it's like you know their kids getting fouled but it's not a foul like it was just a nightmare so i i totally like empathize with the the refs and having and them having to make difficult calls i can't even imagine doing it at the professional level because i quit I mean, at the third it's, grade it's, level it's, it's for not basketball, too late maybe so. I, maybe i should get into the game maybe there's like a winter baseball league somewhere indoors i could i could ref umpire when i was working at the hockey store this kid came in he was like he was like yeah i'm looking to buy buy a new helmet and i go oh like where are you playing at he was like ref he's like i i'm aspiring to be an nhl ref and uh, he was trying on every helmet in the store. That's like, and I was like, that just sparked a memory I forgot I had. Um, at MSU, Michigan State, my or- freshman orientation. So this is like early August of 2017, five years ago now. But you know, you go there. I didn't go with a friend or anything to orientation. I was already like, I had a roommate, Noah, that was my friend, but like he didn't go to orientation with me. So like, you go there, you don't know anybody. So like, me being like a quieter kid, like was trying to like socialize and make the day go by somewhat fast instead of just being quiet all day. But I remember, like, the first kid I sat down next to in the classroom, um, I asked him, like, what he was majoring in and, you know, just doing the usual small talk. And he said something, and I was like, oh, why'd you choose that? And he goes, he goes, I don't really know what I want to do yet here. He goes, to be honest with you, I want to be a, a major league umpire. And I was like, no way. I was like, we're going to be, I'm going to be best friends with this kid. But to be honest <laughs> with you, I didn't hear from that kid ever again. Never saw him in four years. But hope for the best for him. But uh, yeah. Hopefully you got there. But funny story. You can make a lot of money refereeing, actually. That's it, why I it, don't kind of feel bad for professional refs because they make like, like I think we yell at professional athletes when they. When I think they, make they deserve mistakes. it though, dude. I mean, there's people who will straight up write like death letters. I know. I know. No, I get that. I'm just saying, like, we give a lot of we we talk a lot of like we give a lot of stuff to the to athletes when they don't perform, and it's like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the umpire's job too to perform well as well. No, it is. So like, that's why the MLB system is weird. I met I met an umpire at the College World Series who was umping the College World Series, and um, he was behind the plate that day actually when I talked to him. His sons were fans of the league, so he met the guy, and he was saying like, once you're an MLB umpire, like it's it's like getting in Congress. Yeah. You don't you're you're, you're in until yeah. you want to leave. Like you're you're just an umpire. Like you don't get fired for doing bad. So that's the whole Angel Hernandez situation. But yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know how this came up. Oh, my umpiring. Yeah. So, overall, I think I called it well. I couldn't really do anything there. But, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's stressful. It's all fun and games back there behind the camera, commentating. It's all fun and games until there's a close call, and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> See, I could never do that because I was, when I was umping, I was always losing track of counts because I was so invested in the games. Well, that's why you got Mark Schultz to your right telling you what's the count, and he says 2-2, two, two, and I like, say, okay. I used to be an announcer in high school. Like announcer? I, I wanted to be an announcer when I was in high Like I wanted to be a journalist and be a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And so... I was announcing like hockey. I could do girls basketball. But when I started announcing hockey, the guy was the camera guy was like tapping me on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey," because I got so invested in the game, I like forgot to like announce people were shooting and passing. Like, I was what like, are you doing? <laughs> just like screaming? No, just like what? Just like in- not screaming because I knew I was on the mic, but just intently watching like back what and forth. Was just on like Pinkney like sports. Yeah, like the Pinkney sports. That network. was cool because yeah, Drew's high school had that. Our high school never had that. I remember that. Yeah, my signature like, was basketball games. was was. Boom goes the dynamite when someone well, that's got stolen. That was that was on TV, but that's I was still like cool. thirteen, so I thought I was sick. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still cool. I, I mean, do we have any footage of that? Can we get that footage? Anywhere? You could probably find it somewhere. Somebody here, like little me, go. Someone, someone goes up the court. 
Boom goes the dynamite. Oh, I would love to have that. For the three. You could definitely find that sound. Put that in. I would love to have that audio bite just on this podcast for something. Or give it to Warda for the Twitch stream for like donation alerts or something like that. It'd be so funny. Yeah, every time he gets a sub, boom goes yeah. the dynamite. <laughs> he already has something funny like that or something cool set up. But um, before we get too sidetracked into our, our personal lives, I wanted to ask about the Wildcats, Drew. Because they're now four and five. You guys are kind of battling for that two seat as of right now. No, we're battling for the one seat. I mean, you still are. I'm not going to say <laughs> No, you're serious, though, because you're only nine games in. So the final standings in the AL are seven and two Preds, five and four Cobes, four and five Wildcats, two and seven Magic. So um, what have you seen from the Cats this year, and why do you think they're only at four and five? Um, for me, it's just been the lack of Schultz and Saylor. They've been very streaky as a duo. Yeah, hitting what I mean, like, Saylor didn't have a home run in our series, which is just abnormal. Like, I texted my group. That was, like, the first thing I texted the group chat, or Kobe's group chat. I was like, I was like, congratulations, guys. You limited Saylor to zero home runs, mm-hmm. which I think, like, someone came out with something. It was like, that's, like, the first time since 2020. Probably. He's never, he hasn't homered in a series. So, I think, yeah, that plays a big role. I mean, Kyle's batting average. I mean, I think a couple years ago, it was in, like, the 400s. And mm-hmm. I think this year, I don't even think it's out of the 200s. I don't know. It's, it's, in, it's definitely it's in the lower. 100s. So, I mean, that definitely hurts. So I think it's been hitting that's hurting them, not not the pitching, because their pitching's been all right, but it's it's been the hitting. Yeah. What do you, it what was you pretty, Jack? It was pretty shocking to me for the graphic to come up and show Kyle Schultz at 0-4. Like, I don't think that... that I wonder. Too. I want to I look up and see if that has ever happened in the history of MLW, because well, that's, that's a pretty thing, like, crazy stat. Two. Yeah, and that's what. But to your point, Drew, I mean, they're not pitching bad. Like his record's zero and four, but they're not pitching bad. They they just haven't gotten like the hits that the Wildcats are used to. They're they, they're such a good lineup, and last year they were just hitting nukes all the time, and so they just haven't got that. Um, and I think that'll turn around for them for the Wildcats. Like I I still think of the Wildcats. Like I don't think the race in the AL is is just you and the Preds are are over by any means because. They're, you know, Kyle is the goat. Like, they're always going to be contenders hanging around. I think the bats will eventually come around. Um, and, you know, their their pitching has, has been solid, like we said. So, I think yeah. if you're a Wildcats fan, like, I wouldn't be too too upset, you know, <laughs> too upset at, like, the loss. Like, it would have been nice to win the series. But um, at the end of the day, you guys can still make the playoffs, still, you know, do well in the playoffs. So... Um, I think it, you know the future's bright for both teams. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I think to second what you said, Jack. I uh, I don't I don't even think Kyle would be upset with himself. I'm sure he's upset with his record on the mound, but I think part of the reason he's 0 4 on the mound is because he hasn't been hitting so well, right? I think mm-hmm. his his actually to be honest with you, his movement this year looks the best that it has in my opinion. Yeah. His drop ball's been disgusting. The yep. screwball. I mean, it was a riser a couple years ago. Now I'm straight up just calling it a screwball because of how much it's screwing. But it's I mean, a screwball. He, he, he's looked his best, and um, he's not giving up high run games. It's been like one homer a game, or like you guys manufactured a couple off of him. Mm-hmm. But the difference there has been the bats. He hasn't had the run support that he's had in the past, and that's partially due to his own his own fault. So I think that'll definitely be a uh, a point of focus for the Wildcats in the second half of the season as they wrap up against the uh, the Magic and then the Gators. Yeah, Those I think are the last two matchups. I think before our series, we had the same amount of total runs, which surprised me because like for our team, I'm like. I feel like we haven't hit that well. And so to see that the Wildcats had the same amount of runs and they're supposed to be like this prolific offense, that was what surprised me. I was like, they put up a oh, lot in the first series against the D-backs. But yeah. They didn't score a lot against the Preds or against you guys. Yeah, so. But I will say that Pearson's been kind of a, 
a bright spot. Not saying he's like silver slugger or anything like that, but he's definitely like showing improvement, which is good. Oh, yeah. Solid, solid last starter. year. Hit a homer last series. Solid so bat in the lineup. I think Pearson has a bright, bright future in this league as a as a stud. He's only seventeen, so Yeah, whenever I talk about it, the Preds or the Wildcats say they have through every single hitter in their lineup is a scary hitter. It's like someone that you don't want to face. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. There's no there's no easy outs in that lineup whatsoever. So I think that's gonna you know, that'll turn around. That'll that'll benefit them down the road going into the playoffs, moving into the, you know, the end of the year. So what message do you want to convey to Cove Nation right now, Drew? Going into the All Star break at five and four. How you feeling? How should they be feeling? What should they look out for in the second half? I think they should be feeling excited. I think like the thing this year with us is like that I think has been vastly different is our is like when I talked about balance, I think that also plays into consistency. Like I think we've been pretty consistent with like what we're putting out on the field. Like you kind of know what you're getting from our hitting lineup and from you can you know what you're getting from from uh, Barron when he's out there pitching. Um, which I think is like a big difference from last year when like you didn't know if I was going to have a good game on the mound or a bad game. And then you didn't know if our offense was going to come out swinging or if we were going to get like no hit by someone, which I think happened to us a couple times last year. So I think like we've just been more consistent. So I think that's something to be excited about. And just, I think like our energy has been different this year. Like obviously we've always had a lot of energy, but I think there has, there, there hasn't been like a ton of times this year where we've, you know, been like, had a lot of negative energy like even when we're yeah. down like we always look at each other and we always think like it just takes one inning like we, like it literally just takes one inning we know we can do it we've done it in the past so um you know this year's like we're intense this year like andy we know about the set the whole seven year thing with the, with every with the preds and the eagles how the seventh year is, is this the break, seventh year the, the seventh year of the oh Cubs. my god that changes it's everything the break, it's the breakthrough year for for teams in the past so uh, that's something like we talked, Andy and I talked about in the beginning of the season. Uh, obviously, like Andy with Kyle, we're all getting older, so not saying anything's like happening, but you know, we all don't know like our futures, the people that are getting older in MLW. So, like, before time runs out, we want to, to accomplish something. So, Andy and I talked about that. Like, we just we want to get it done with the Cobras. Andy's talked, expressed being a manager in the future, whether it's for us or for an, another team. So, it's like we want to get this done. For coast, for like the coastal cobras, I, I don't. For the coast, yeah, done for the coast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I want to, I want, I'm ring chasing, but I'm ring chasing for the cobras. Like, I don't want to just go to a team and like, if I'm gonna win the World Series, like, I want to win mm-hmm. with the cobras. Like, it wouldn't mean as much if I didn't. I and I, I've thought about like, you know, stepping down as manager, still playing for the cobras, but maybe you know, giving the reins to somebody else. But I really want to win one as like, as Guy. being the leader, not even like being the best player. Like, I think that's what's different this year is like. I think last year you could kind of point in the years prior you could kind of point out that I was probably the better player on our team hitting mm-hmm. and pitching wise, but this year I've kind of taken a step back and I'm cool with that. Like the World Series is is like my goal, not being the MVP, not being the World Series. I think that's what I want to find in my career. All right, we're back from the break after Drew corrected himself after saying he wanted the MVP instead of the World Series. <laughs> I tried to edit it the best I could, but I don't know. I might just. Leave I don't really care about anything other than winning the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> My goal, not being the MVP, not being the Cy Young or the Silver Slugger. Like, I just want to win the MVP. Quarter of the year, Drew Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want that on the on the back of the Cobras twenty twenty two World Series championship yeah. banner. On the back, I want the Drew Davis quote. I don't care about anything besides the MVP. The start of the third, yeah. the, the first quote in the thirty for thirty. What if I told you? Yes. All Drew Davis cared about <laughs> was the MVP. Hey, I mean, that's right. 
It's not, I'm not going to say I don't want the MVP, but definitely championship is the goal. But all right, MLW Nation, I have some exciting news to break to you. If you're listening to the, if you're listening to this podcast on release day, on Tuesday, July 26th, and it's prior to 4 p.m.-ish, this is breaking news. Um, we've been keeping it a secret. We kind of teased it about the Home Run Derby having a new format. So let me, let me give you the scoop here. So Ooh. what I am looking at here on my phone, folks, is a PDF, a downloadable PDF that I created that I will share with all of you. That is, drumroll please. A 16-player home run derby bracket. Single elimination. Boom goes the dynamite. There it is, Drew Davis. I got a taste of it. And folks, this is is pretty cool. So yes, you heard that correctly. I'm looking at a NCAA March Madness-type styled 16 players, East and West divisions, 8 players aside, seeded 1 through 8, in head-to-head matchups. It's going to be pretty awesome. Let me, let me, uh, this so, is sweet. So how we did this. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack was not there. Drew was there to witness this. So Drew can share some more thoughts on, on his, his uh, thoughts on this new format. But what we decided to do was we had to condense a little bit because as you guys know, the league is growing. We have a lot of players. And before it was kind of just a free for all, like whoever could show up would hit last year. We had like 25 guys, something like that. It's just a lot of people. A lot of people putting up zeros. Arms just, getting just, tired. Yeah, just it was just a lot. So I, I really wanted to condense and freshen it up. And me and Kyle came to an agreement, and this is the format we got. So with it being 16 players and two sides, what we did was we chose two players per squad, and then we split them up, one player from each squad on each side. So like the West, the West region has one player per team, and the East region has one player per team for the total of 16. And then we seeded nice. people one through eight based on both their, we kind of, we thought about both their 2022 home run totals in MLW and their previous home run derbies experience, success, non-success, that type of thing. So I don't want to spoil the seeding. I'll spoil one thing for you guys. But I was a little I, upset with my seeding. Yeah, I'll spoil, I'll spoil that, that part of it. But I want you guys to be surprised when you see the bracket and get excited for it. But I, I'll give you the rundown of the players, okay? So in the West... We have Sean Flynn, Jimmy Norp, Daniel Schultz, Chris Cheatham, Trevor Bonham, Jordan Robles, Ryan Cratched, and Jackson Pearson. That was alf- nice. that was alphabetical order of the team names. That's how I did that. Oh, okay. And in the <laughs> East, we have who's the Cobra in the East? Drew Davis. We have Jonah Heath. We have Dallas Allen. Brendan Zerlag, Jason Chadwick, Tommy Coughlin, yours truly, Brennan Russell, Ooh. and Kyle Schultz. So those are the 16 guys that are going to be competing for one home run derby title. <laughs> and um, here's the matchup that I'll spoil. And once again, we split up the matchups to make them all NL versus AL in the first round. So I didn't even realize that. I know. <laughs> that was intentional. And uh, so in the East, at the three seed versus the six seed, we have number three Coglin against number six Davis. Woo! The old hey. 2017 World Series rematch type vibes. It's kind of funny how that worked out, but all these matchups kind of have like a cool like backstory to them actually, and that'll be incorporated into Friday's video. Like, I'm pretty excited for this, guys. What, I'm what pretty are your excited, thoughts, Jack. What are your thoughts for them to see my outfit? I'm stoked. I literally there is nothing. I mean, if you're a sports fan at all, you cannot argue that one of the most fun things to do is print out that bracket 
and write in your names for the March Madness tournament. I think it's so cool you guys uh you know found that idea and and uh you know applied it to MLW. I think it's great. Um I I think I I wonder actually like this seems to me that it's going to make the home run derby a little bit quicker. Was oh, that yeah. true? That, because that was part of I, the goal, yes. Okay, because I will say that was one for sure weakness of the previous MLW home run derbies was you guys kind of opened it to everyone, which was awesome because you know anyone could step in there and try to hit home runs. So it was fun. But at the same time, when we had a lot, you know, 30 guys there or whatever to all hit like that just took so long so i think this one will be a lot more like quick fun engaging you know competitive um you got to match up every single time so i i just, i think it's a great idea yeah and it's just um yeah being a little quicker was the goal i don't want to say it was lightning quick like in terms of rounds it was actually not a massive decrease from last year because last year like after the first round we cut it down to four guys and then two guys type thing but it just seemed to flow way better just because you knew when you were hitting who you were hitting against and it was all competitive. It was fun. Energy levels were high. You didn't have to stand around waiting. Mm -hmm. Like, did I make the second round? Did I not type situation? Like you knew right then and there. So it was like, it, it was just a better experience. I think. Yeah. Everybody. If you were the second hitter going and you got yeah. the home runs, you have to yeah, like, exactly just keep hitting. You just yeah. hit it and you're done. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. And um, like I said, the footage we got was cool. Of course, we still had some on-field targets, penalties, that kind more of thing. More on-field targets. But yeah, some some more. They're they're funny, though. They're exciting. This is going to be a good video, guys. I'm hoping it's a banger. It was definitely like intentional. We wanted the video to be better, so we did this whole bracket thing to not only make the video better, but also to engage the fans more. So make sure you guys head over to our website. It'll be on MLWWiffleBall.com and download yourself a bracket. Print that bad boy out and uh, make your picks and uh, tag us on social media and we'll we'll get you reposted for sure. I'm going to tell you right now, Jack, I would be shocked if anyone gets a perfect bracket because I know March Madness is 64 teams, it. but just like still the odds of picking a 16 person single limb bracket perfectly is like impossible almost. Also, like the home run derby in general, it's like some guys have a great track record like Kyle Schultz, you know, great track mm -hmm. record. I'd have to guess he'd be the one seed. Um, and then you got guys like um i don't know H how about you drew how's been your like you know i can't think off the top of my head but it sounds like you've been to at least one finals in a home run derby I but have, i'm sure you've had years that have been pretty disappointing right i have had one year where i advanced past the first round and i won it exactly but other than that i have been absolute garbage <laughs> oh you actually have won one before. i have one it was the year see this is what i always come back to I won the world or I won the home run derby and we made it to the world series. So I knew going oh. into this home run derby, I was like something, not only is the home run derby championship on the line, but a world series appearance is on the line here. Okay. Well, mm. well, do, well, that's, do with a, that that's a perfect as you example will. though. You, you were a, a once, you know, once a winner and then all those other years you failed to make a path past the first round. So it's like, you know, anything can happen. If, if someone, if someone even gets the first round right, I would be shocked. Like, completely Being right. Being there, I would also be shocked. I mean, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much, but like I said, it's just hard because, like Jack said, any given day, you might get hot, you might be ice cold and be in your head. It's such a mental thing. So I would be 
I, I'm going to go out on a limb and bet you $20, Jack, that nobody gets a perfect bracket. But I'm not going to say it can't happen. I mean, people, lucky things can happen. So I know I filled one out my, myself beforehand, and I, I was not perfect. So, um, yeah, Drew's raising his hand. Do you have a question, Mr. Davis? Uh, I just want to say something, because I don't know where we're ending this, and okay. I wanted to make sure it got in. Yep, get it in there. And I don't even know if it's allowed to be in, oh, but boy. I just want to say, everyone, this was the best All-Star game in my seven years like it was the like most fun and competitive like all star game I've ever been a part of. It was sweet. Well, a little extra teaser for Mr. Drew Davis. ASG one for the ages. Yes, it's always good when there's a cool all star game. I feel like there's nothing more than a downer than when there's like MLB or like. Yeah, because there was yeah. one I year like we, no one even. There was, I feel like no one even watches like the Pro Bowl anymore. There was one year we, the you know AL I mean? won the all star game like seventeen Don't one or something that. like that. It was like eleven to zero. It was like it was a, bad. It was like a scene out of a eleven movie zero for me. was recent. Yes, that's what I'm talking zero about. Was, it was like two years ago. Yeah, that, Jack, two years ago. I jogged out to right field. Okay, it was me and right. I think Daniel Schultz and left and Georgie on the mound and within two minutes it was four to zero like it was so bad <laughs> it was and Jorgensen yeah. was like the guy on the mound that year this is 2020 and he just got lit up it, it was so bad yeah it was and I remember I was like a late sub like someone couldn't go and I obviously wasn't an all-star so I I stepped in and like I was like it was like in the at towards the end of the game and I think I subbed in and I was even getting a piece of the action. Like, I think in my first AB, I hit a dinger. Okay. I, nef- I know what, I hit a dinger. I, I might have been my first this AB. This is funny because we were ta- I was chirping everybody about this, uh, this year's All-Star game. Yeah, Jorgie goes out there, gets rocked. Okay, he got rocked. Then I believe I went in and did fine. I pitched like two innings of scoreless ball. And then Daniel Schultz came in and got rocked. Norp so, went in and got rocked. <laughs> oh, Norp went in and got rocked. So, yeah. so it was, it was Jordy yeah, got Norp rocked. Norp was who I hit it off. Jordy of. got rocked. Norp got rocked. I came in, did fine. Then Daniel got rocked. It was just so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Kyle was saying that that might be something we put on the Patreon in the coming weeks was the uncut clip of the top of the first inning in the 2020 All Star game because literally in real time it was like five minutes or less and it was four zero. <laughs> it was like first pitch shot shot. Yes, I think I hit, first, I, hit, I hit a first pitch homer. Often. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. But it was a funny <laughs> memory, I guess. But I felt bad for Jordy for sure. And uh, it was nice to win one last year. So hopefully we can, hope we can go back to back on the National League side of things this year and, and get that dub. I think it'll be pretty competitive. It's just like every year I feel like just gets more and more even, more and more equal. It's pretty like spread out. Like the standings are pretty spread out so far, you know, in terms of like the talent, people's actual record. We got the Diamondbacks at the at the bottom of the NL, Bums. right? But they got absolute studs <laughs> on their team still. So, Drew, Drew what if, if if the Diamondbacks? Bums? If the Diamondbacks are they the new poor man snakes? They Drew, us. poor man snakes. If the Diamondbacks <laughs> come back this year, make the postseason, make the World Series, and you're there too. And they beat you in that World Series. That I'll clip, throw that myself clip is at good. the wall. That clip is going to haunt you for the rest of your career. It won't haunt me. <laughs> okay. They're, they are bums. <laughs> Don't count against Jimmy, man. That's all I got to say. We got people saying, oh, oh, it's it's Norp's right leg injury. No, dude. He's hitting 457 and pitching lights out. Yeah, but They're it just could affect bums. him pitching and not, and not hitting. He's pitching lights out. I don't think he is. He's got like a... We let him up. Huh? We let him up and then we couldn't hit anything against I Dallas. Think he's pitching lights out. Oh, no? I mean, 
he I won't mean, say he I, is, think, that's for I, sure. I know he's. I don't up. think he's. I know he's hard on himself yeah, right now. I, I was gonna say I don't think he's very happy with how he's playing. Oh. It's definitely better than some he's got guys. Got a four fifty-seven average. I looked the other day. North is raking. He's absolutely raking. I don't know how someone does that. And this is. I told someone the other day. Like, he was MVP last year. I was like, this is the hardest MLW pitching has ever been. Like usually last year, I felt somewhat confident going up to the plate. There's times this year I feel completely lost. <laughs> Who have you faced this year so far? You felt faced Robles, Robles, so me, you. <laughs> I was more lost. I when you put Robles in, no, no lie, we were kind of happy. Oh, in the extra innings, yeah, because we were seeing him a little bit better. I, I kind of settled in there. Um, you faced your second series was against the Predator. No, Chadwick Magic. and Bonham. You guys did not hit the ball. Trevor well there. was just the most frustrating. Yeah, and then you faced the Wildcats, which you guys did not score a lot, but you scored enough. No, I think that's why I feel yeah. lost. I feel like I can see the pitches. It's a hard and I'm game, not man. Him. It's a hard game. It's a hard game. But yeah, the it's Jimmy's Jimmy's just a beast, man. There's a reason that he has his own merch and that he's he's norped. He's the I reason, don't get his batting reason stance that you either. Say you get norped because he norps you. That's he's got such an unorthodox he just swing you. and batting stance. No, but his and he tight, hits but everything. The, the swing though, he gets his foot down, and he is just so confident. He knows what he wants, and he and he smacks it. He doesn't second right. guess himself at all. Smackaroo. But all right, boys, I want to wrap this up now. Um, once again, I'm glad I got to hype up the home run derby a bit. Um. I'm super excited for this, guys. I cannot wait for this video to come out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, I know Kyle's probably a bit nervous or stressed about this one because it is a new format, kind of a new style video for him. But it's also an exciting challenge, so I'm, I'm hoping it comes together. And um, yeah, it's gonna be good stuff, guys. Friday at four o'clock, be there. And uh, thanks for watching. See you next time. Thanks for listening, rather. Peace. See ya. <laughs> Bye, Drew. <laughs> I want to thank Drew Davis for coming on. Give him a round of applause. Yeah. Give, him a, give him a round of applause. Always good to have you, Drew. Sorry, Drew. But all right, it's getting late. I gotta get right home and edit this thing, so I was kind of moving things along. But okay, all right, we're out for real now. Peace. Peace.